battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Thanks for tuning back into the show. You know, I appreciate it when you do. Uh, as I record this, it is kind of early Saturday morning. I'm going to be heading into the shop a little early today. I've got an appointment to pierce some kiddos before the shop opens for the day. Uh, tonight after work, I'm going to start making my way down to New Jersey. I'm doing a seminar there tomorrow and then another one in Maryland on Monday. So it's a bit of a loop for me. I'll bring my recorder and I'll try to get something uh, interesting done for you on the way. Maybe get something like a travelogue or maybe grab something at the seminars. And then hopefully on my way back home on Tuesday, I'm going to be stopping off in the Philly area and I'll meet up with uh, Eduardo and grab some lunch, but maybe try to get a little bit of podcasting done too. Uh, I'm going to be home for a few days and then I'm going to be just off again to uh, Chicago and Iowa for some more seminars meeting up with some more piercers there. So uh, I should have a good bit of uh, content for you over the next couple of weeks from from these loops. Uh, after that, it looks like I'm going to be kind of heading into the uh, the conference season again. I'm going to be doing BMX Net in Germany. Uh, I should be able to get loads of stuff done for you there. And then uh, a couple weeks after that, I'll be going to the UK for uh, UK APP. Coming up, maybe, if not next week, then the week after, will be a special episode. I'm going to do a couple episodes that have a guest host, and uh, Nikki Holmes from the UK APP uh, recorded an interview with Jim Ward at the APP conference uh, this past spring, and uh, they said that uh, I can go ahead and put that on on this show, so I'll put together a little kind of pre-UK APP episode. I'll give you that interview with uh, Nikki and Jim. And just to kind of put it in the back of your mind, if you're a UK piercer, come on over to the UK APP conference. It's a really good conference, really good classes. You can find all the UK APP's information online. They have a great forum on Facebook, too. So as far as my guest this week, I'm going to be talking to a piercer named Lynn Lohide. And Lynn is one of a growing number of piercers who have stopped working in one permanent shop and have kind of gone out on the road as, as a sort of a traveling guest artist. So Lynn is doing a lot of different guest spots in different areas, thinking about uh, maybe looking for a forever home, checking out different shops, which I think is great. You know, check out different parts of the country where you'd actually want to live and check out different shops where you'd actually want to work. And you can really grow such a huge amount on the way to guest spotting has been really beneficial to a whole generation of piercers getting out there and seeing what all these different shops are doing for sterilization, management, jewelry sales, just different logistics in the shop, and piercing techniques, uh, learning a lot and, and making a really strong generation of, of body piercers. So when I first talked to Lynn about coming on the show, uh, Lynn's idea was basically talking about how all the different forums and YouTube and, and even podcasts are not a replacement for your education as a body piercer. Uh, they're, they're supplements. They're really great supplements. You can get some amazing information, but these things are not meant to replace 
proper foundational information, apprenticeships, uh, actual hands-on learning in a studio environment. So we talk a good amount about that. We talk about uh, the guest spotting lifestyle. We talk a lot about how you get information in this this modern generation of, of body piercing where there's so much information uh, online and you can get these little bits from all these different people but you know you might not be getting actual nutrition you're kind of getting like the empty calories version of learning so uh, we talk about that a good amount it's a good interview and just to kind of mention my uh, my seminars again um, when this episode comes out you do have just a few days left until that Chicago class I could technically fit in a handful of people so if you were kind of uh, dragging your butt on registering for Chicago uh, go ahead and shoot me an email at ryanpba at gmail.com like right away like right now and I could probably squeeze you into the class uh, but otherwise I'm going to be starting starting to focus on some of my other classes I've got uh, Monday October 28th in Fort Myers Florida at uh, Tiger Lotus and then I've got those two freehand days in Atlanta November 18th and 19th now registration is just kind of get getting rolling for that one so if you want to sign up go ahead and let me know those are going to be limited classes to somewhere around a dozen maybe 15 people per day just to kind of keep it a small group so I can do a lot more hands-on workshop stuff and there are two days available there's going to be a Monday and a Tuesday but for all the uh, all the details on all that stuff you can check out Body Art Education by Ryan Willett on Facebook you can see the event page listings with all the info there or you can just go to precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars and you can get all the info for those classes there find out how to register uh, find out all the dates and times and costs and all that stuff so let's get into this week's interview with Lynn Lohide, and I'll be back a bit at the end. My name is Lynn Lohide. You can follow me at Lynn Lohide or anything under my name online. I just finished four years working at Amato Fine Jewelry and Body Piercing down in South Florida, and now I am a traveling member at large, just kind of guesting, doing coverage, and kind of checking out different studios for the next couple of months. How are you liking that experience? Because I, I know quite a few other piercers where that that has become a really big portion of their career now. I remember when I started, it was it was not at all common. Like if you needed somebody to cover for a vacation, cool, but there really wasn't the same kind of concept as like uh, gun for hire kind of a thing. You know, like go here for a month, go here for two weeks kind of thing. But now it seems like it's it's really commonplace. So how how are you enjoying that? It has been fantastic so far. Um, it's literally a different studio each week. It's different setups. It's different techniques. It's different aftercare. It's adjusting to a different room. And if anything, it's really keeping me on my toes. It's really keeping me learning and growing. And we're so fortunate to have an industry that's open to that. And everyone has you know, shared their techniques, shared their methods, shared how they do things. So it's almost for me been like a really rad couple months, like intensive retraining refresher course learning different things or figuring out different ways to do the same things everywhere i go right right i, I mean it must be really good for versatility um what what did it feel like starting that did you did you have like were there confidence issues did you feel like intimidated or, or scared to kind of jump into that lifestyle 
Oh, absolutely. It was terrifying. Um, I think my first day um, at my visit to Cowpoke, Anna and Sarah to pull me aside and be like, you're fine. You don't have to keep asking like if you're doing okay or if you got this, like you're doing just fine. I was super nervous jumping into it. But the rad thing is that most of these studios, most of the managers, most of the piercers there are super sweet and super understanding and super down to earth and there to help you if you'll let them. And once you kind of get over that fear and those nerves and you feel comfortable and confident and you remember to rely on the team that you have, everything kind of comes really second nature. And then you can just focus on making the clients really excited and happy and just figuring out your new space and rolling with the bunches. Yeah, that's great. I, I think the, the success for shops that are that that's their kind of business model, like, you know, having guest artists in regularly, they, they already have the environment kind of set up to allow that i i think like in my studio we're we're not a, a guest artist studio it's it's me and and evan and we're really the only you know piercing presence in the shop so we wouldn't be uh, as successful for someone just coming in uh, we would have to kind of change a lot of different things and maybe simplify some stuff you know as far as like how things are stored uh, i would imagine shops that have regular guest artists they make it really easy to, to find the jewelry you need find the supplies you need uh, there's probably somebody at the front counter helping out a lot with things like paperwork or jewelry selection or, or ringing people up. So um, I just think it's cool that piercers have that opportunity, but also shops have that opportunity because I know it's really difficult to just hire someone, you know, because what if it's not the right fit? What if they're a great piercer, but maybe personality wise, it doesn't really click. So I think it can be really good for, for both sides of the industry. Exactly. And that's kind of why I'm doing this interviewing, seeing where I might want to move and work. And it's really great because they get to see me work, their clients get to see me work, they get to see my work come back, hear feedback from their clients. And it's, you know, we're, we're working on people's bodies at the end of the day, and we're a really tight knit team. It's never, I think, going to be just a job in the same way a corporate nine to five is. And so it's really important that someone is a really good fit for you, for your clients, for the location, for your studio. And there's really no way to do that without having someone out and having poke holes for a whole week and see how it goes. Right, right. I, I, I have had some people do coverage at points in my shop, you know, if I needed to go to a conference and I didn't have a, a second piercer at the time or whatever, and uh, I, I got burned in the past. It's been years and years and years since I've I've had anybody else uh, in in the shop piercing, but the experience I had was just really bad because it was somebody that kind of built themselves up to be like hot shit on social media, and then when they actually came to the studio, uh, it just really wasn't. It's kind of like false advertising. They didn't really have the abilities that they led me to believe. Uh, they didn't really have the customer service skills that they led me to believe, and it it kind of soured me for a little while. You know, I, now I see so many other piercers living the the guest artist life that I would be I'd be a lot more comfortable with it and a lot more open to it. But there was a time where it was like, no, I'm just gonna you know homegrown talent. I'm gonna train someone from like an apprentice level or even like a counter staff level up, and uh, kind of you know train the exact person that I want. But I think now there are so many piercers that are at that level where they're comfortable with lots of different jewelry styles, internally threaded and threadless, working with gold and being able to do like a, a really versatile assortment of, of piercing styles. Uh, it's like it's like a whole new world now for the industry, and it really it, it kind of changed my mind on whether or not I'd be more open to guest artists in the future. 
I think you're right to still have that concern and that caution, though, um, because I've had similar experiences like that working at studios in the past on a front end and management level where we had artists out who you're exactly right, were big names on the Internet who made themselves seem super awesome. And then a lot of it was a little bit of a farce, a little bit of a bluff once they came into the studio and were working. And that is still tough. And I think that is still a thing today. So I think it's still really important to field who you have out. And nowadays with so many people guesting and traveling, you can get referrals and letters of reference from studios people have been to before. But I do think that lack of training or just the fact that no amount of internet presence or persona can quantify someone's skill level once they're in the room is definitely still a real issue and still something to be cautious with when having people guest at your studio. Yeah, absolutely. Smoke and mirrors is a big issue when it comes to online because you you create a, a persona to market. You know, I'm no different than anybody else. You know, the stuff that I put on my Instagram page isn't necessarily representative of my life. You know, it's it's representative of what I what I do in the shop I think you know so I think when people look at my Instagram I try to post uh, healed pieces long-term healed pieces I try to explain sometimes why I, I chose this kind of jewelry versus this kind of jewelry and different anatomical concerns little things like that you know but I think some people they're more concerned with like just get the most likes possible so whether it's uh, you know, just a really flashy piece of jewelry or maybe messing around with like filters or something like that where they can make it seem like they're this awesome experienced piercer, but uh, they don't really have the the experience to back it up. I think that's a, a big worry for me when it comes to social media these days because I've met some really Instagram famous piercers, you know, tens of thousands of followers, and it's like they they don't know how to pierce things correctly you know they don't know how to install jewelry correctly i see a lot of like uh instagram posts that have 500 likes but it's like a seam ring that's not closed or aligned properly and it's like okay well that's gonna wreck that piercing while it's healing but you know it's got hundreds of likes because it's a really expensive piece of jewelry like stuff like that definitely bugs me it super does and it's i think it's a growing issue in the industry, which is a shame because if I've learned anything in my time in this industry, it is that everyone is so accepting, so welcoming, and so willing to learn and teach and, you know, put themselves out there for other piercers. And so many folks, I guess, are just so focused on likes or status or are just afraid to be honest with a question they have or something they don't know that people kind of fake it till you make it and pretend to have this knowledge or this background or this skill set when realistically if you were to reach out to someone who you look up to locally or get in touch with someone they'd probably be willing to help you out but that said there's also you know when is it too much for someone to just be able to help you out you know I mean since I've been guesting and traveling you know I've had some folks mention that they've had people come in with big followings online who post all this work who never worked with internally threaded before and don't know how or don't know what a countersink is don't know when to pull 12 or 14 gauge beads don't know the difference and these little you know holes in their knowledge are really affecting the studios when all this work is coming back with issues that they're then having to comp or take care of long after the piercer has left. Right, right. I, I think now getting into the industry, for those piercers that are 
two or three or four years in, uh, there's a lot of pressure on them because they they see what goes out on social media. They see the piercers that they maybe look up to or the people teaching classes, and they think that they have this like uh, god level ability or something like that. And they think that they have to be there to be able to even like have the same conversation with them or something, you know. So when I talk to piercers, a lot of times. I'll, I'll ask them simple questions like, oh, you know, what, what kind of jewelry brands are you using? You know, what, what kind of needles are you using? And a lot of times they come from this place of shame where they're like, well, you know, I'm just, I'm doing this or that, or, or they'll kind of fib a little bit. They'll be like, yeah, you know, I, I've got some body vision, but I'm also kind of piercing with a bunch of external thread and, or like junk backings. And it's like, you know what? I, I don't care about you trying to impress me. When I when I talk to piercers who get kind of self-conscious about what they're using, I try to tell them, like, it's a process. You know, like where I was when I was a couple of years in, like, you're already ahead of me when, you know, when I had that same kind of, like, skill level. Uh, and when I talk to piercers, when they come into shadow or, or when I'm in a class or something like that, it's never about judging how cool you are. It's really just like, let's be honest about where you're at in skill set so that I can give you the better information so that you can ask the better questions and that you can you can get more out of the, the interactions that you're having instead of just trying to impress people all the time. And that's so important. And I think that's something that a lot of people lose or get too worried about. I see so many folks post online and they're they're so intimidated to talk to you or talk to Luis or talk to anyone after a class or after a conference or after anything um, or to be honest about the situation that they find themselves in. And so, you know, one little white lie or little fib or little stretch kind of builds off of the other. And then you find yourself in this trap where you're like, shit, I don't know these one or two basic things, but it's you know, I'm too embarrassed to ask or I'm too embarrassed to learn, right. which is a shame because we're an industry that's honestly really accepting of that sort of thing. I mean, the best decision professionally I ever made was to hang up my needles and stop piercing for a period of time and say, I need to start from the ground up and completely apprentice all over again. And there's nothing wrong with that. And if anything, I'm going to be a stronger piercer for that. I've seen a few other piercers uh, kind of get into that that mindset too, where uh, they they love piercing so much that they can have that honest conversation with themselves, where you, where you can say, "I want to be the best that I can, but I never really got the foundation that I would want." So I'm gonna same thing. I'm gonna step back a little bit. Uh, maybe I'll take a, a spot as counter staff, or you know, maybe I'll take this really good opportunity in a shop where I have to start maybe a little bit lower on the ladder. But I'm going to get great information so that you know, a year or two in, I'll be a much stronger piercer than I would have just putting in two years in the shop that I'm in now. You know, so sometimes you have to make those tough decisions. Uh, sometimes you can you can try to reach out, you can try to move shops, you can try to do things like I know it's difficult for people when there's you know finances or family or travel, things like that involved in it. But sometimes you have to realize that uh, you don't want to go along with those smoke and mirrors and you don't want to say like, all I need to do is just buy gold jewelry. It doesn't matter that I don't know how to install it correctly. I don't know. I don't have a good eye for placement. I don't know how to sterilize it. But as long as I'm buying expensive things and selling expensive things, then then it's totally fine because I'm in the cool kids club. There's a lot of skill that goes into being a good piercer, and it's not really just all about the marketable stuff. A lot of it is is foundational knowledge. Right, and that's so important. And that's, you know, 
something I always thought was interesting, right, taking a little trip back in our past is the Piercy Bill of Rights goes over things like a safe procedure, sterilization, um, a like a welcoming and safe environment, but it doesn't even mention anything about a straight or properly placed piercing, even though I do think that is within every client's right, just as much as basic sterilization or internally threaded jewelry. And that's kind of something that falls by the wayside, because as long as you posted the front of that thing, and it was full of gold and diamonds, you, no one cares to post anywhere about how the back of it sits or their angles or their technique or what they do. And no one ever posts online anymore about stuff that they don't like how it turned out. Anything that I ever see posted for critique is like, perfect and you can tell that it's perfect you know I miss I miss when people were willing to be honest and say hey I did this thing and I don't like how it came out and I don't understand or whatever and I need help and it's okay to ask for that sure sure yeah I think people get really intimidated by that just you know again that internet factor you know so I like to tell people if you want constructive criticism like really honest constructive criticism that's where you want to have some sort of a mentor or someone that you can just like bounce honest questions off of if you if you take a picture and you want to get some feedback and you put it on a forum or if you put it on you know Facebook Instagram any of that stuff you're not going to get honest constructive criticism you're either going to get people trashing you to make themselves look better or you're going to get them just trying to say like this one thing that they do differently so that they can try to look like they know more than you do. Oh, well, you're obviously not using the right skin prep because the piercing is crooked, you know, or you're obviously not doing this one thing or this one thing that that that's different than how I do it. Uh, it's not really like explaining, all right, the reason that's bad is because you didn't look at this anatomical feature. You know, you should maybe have moved it a couple of millimeters this way and it would heal a lot easier and maybe you should have done this this gauge size or maybe this backing or you know maybe have waited to do that really fancy top and done something more simple to start like people don't have those conversations on Facebook because it's all about trying to impress somebody else you know uh, having the, the actual interactions where you you know someone's name they know a little bit about your background and they can give you constructive criticism is so important and a lot of people tend to just skip that step and go straight to like the I want to be popular online Oh, totally. And it's really unfortunate because on one end, we have these amazing forums. We have all this information online. All this information is accessible about conference. There's your podcast. There's other podcasts. More so than ever, I think we're seeing piercers of all skill levels and backgrounds flocking to trying to use the right jewelry, trying to better themselves, trying to do more. But it's all happening on the internet. So a lot of what's happening is just studios are carrying gold. Maybe they're getting better skin prep. Maybe they're getting a better sterilizer. But the technique element largely is missing. And so what do we do for piercers where they don't have a mentor like that? They're nowhere near a shop where they can really go shadow or learn anything much. And they've got the gold. They've got the BVLA account. They've got the statum but we're still not doing basic piercings correctly or we're still cross-contaminating while we work. And I think it's interesting to think about when it's time to draw the line, when it's time to say, okay, I can push myself to go to conference and take these classes and do this stuff and get better versus when it's time to humble yourself and say, hey, 
this amazing studio in my area is hiring for counter and maybe I should go out for that and take a little break from piercing and see if there's any chance that they'll work with me or retrain me. The awesome thing is it's 2019 and there's a ton of studios willing to retrain or build someone up with part-time hours. And there's so many ways to go about it more than just kind of, you know, just putting yourself out there online with gold and fancy stuff, but none of the technique to back it up. Right, right. You know, I, I travel a lot and I, I go to a lot of different conferences in different parts of the world. And it seems like a lot of that, that generation of, uh, I you know, maybe I had an apprenticeship or maybe I just kind of got thrown into it. And I'm kind of, I haven't really stepped up to that point where I'm really confident and comfortable with my abilities yet. And a lot of them, they're, they're taking their resources and they're putting it into the same thing that you mentioned, you know, fancy jewelry, uh, trying to like get Instagram followers and they don't really think about the fundamentals. And uh, when I, when I contacted you and asked if you wanted to come on the podcast, you had a great idea and basically talking about, you know, what, what's appropriate to replace actual face to face education. You know, can a podcast really replace some mentorship? Can, can going to a seminar really teach you what you need to know? And, and I, I think it's really, you have to look at it more like, it's it's a supplement and it's not a replacement and you really do need that foundational information from from an actual mentor with reliable experience you know you need that good shop mentality you need good counter staff to work with you need good piercers to work with a good owner to work with that that gives support for all the different things because as you progress as a body piercer if you have a weak foundation it doesn't matter if you can move fancy expensive stuff you're not going to be able to use it properly Exactly. And I think, I think it just gets lost with everyone really wanting it to be this cool kids club and just wanting to be one of those cool kids. And, you know, probably the coolest move I ever made in my career was to quit piercing. And uh, the piercers who matter, um, or who I care about, or who are important to me are all the ones who are proud of that more than anything else I've done. And I just, I can't encourage people enough to like, be humble and realize when it's time to take a step back because you can learn so much more in a year with a good mentor, with good training, with a solid foundation than you can in two or three years alone at a studio trying to supplement things on your own and trying to figure things out and making a lot of mistakes over and over again that could be avoided if you had someone looking over your shoulder to just be like, hey, don't do that that way. Hey, move your hand a little bit. <laughs> hey, change your bevel direction, you know, and that could save you months and years of struggling with outcomes you're getting on certain piercings in just a few days working with someone with that experience level to share. Right. And and I, I know that firsthand because that's basically how, how my career started. I, I, I didn't have uh, an apprenticeship. I didn't have any sort of a, a mentor or a piercer that, that knew more than I did at the time, you know. There were some people that were kind of like I was, like a hobbyist, and then kind of got thrown into an opportunity at a shop and grew from there. But completely admittedly at this point, I, I really didn't know what I was doing. I, I knew how to turn on the sterilizer, but I didn't really understand the fundamentals of sterilization. I knew how to push a needle, but like Brian Skelly calls it, uh, like tailoring, you know, like you're, you're pushing from point A to point B, but you don't understand what's happening in between there. You don't understand the dynamics of healing or aftercare or jewelry materials or size or all these different factors. And if I had had a mentor that could have started me off and said, all right, this is why we're choosing this piece of jewelry. 
This is why we're doing this placement versus that placement. This is why we're using this sterilizer and never ever this sterilizer. Uh, that would have saved me years of just fumbling through it all. And I would have been a much stronger piercer much earlier. Uh, and at the time, you know, this is kind of pre-internet. Uh, this was, you know, before Instagram, before Facebook, before MySpace, before any of that stuff, when the only research I could do would be like ordering VHS tapes out of the back of a magazine or something. This was like years before I could actually make it to conference. So I had to fumble my way through it. Now people do have access to information, but it's almost like they have access to too much information because if you do a Google search or if you do a, a, a you know, a hashtag search or a keyword search in a forum, you're going to get so much information and you're going to get a lot of good information and a lot of bad, outdated information, incorrect information. And without a mentor, you don't know what's what. You don't. You're, and even, so even back then, you know, one of my favorite stories I've gotten to hear in my career is a woman I used to work with. She didn't pierce anymore. Her name was Dee, but she pierced in the 80s and 90s in Philadelphia in different like BDSM setups and she did her first triangle with her front end girl holding a corded phone up to her ear with Ray Lynn on the other end walking her through how to do this triangle piercing she'd never done it before that was the only way she could go about doing it but she took pictures on a little film camera and got them developed and mailed them to Ray Lynn and they <laughs> wrote letters back and forth and shared information and critique and that one-on-one -on -one human element is kind of missing because now you can go online and type gentian violet into a forum and get 400 posts and read all of this information but without someone sitting there to actually explain or to interpret that information for you and make it practical and functional and so it's it is it's just an overwhelming amount of information and hopefully the right comments or the good comments are the ones that you're going to gravitate towards and not the bad ones, but you don't know. In my experience, unfortunately, it's never the ideal information. Like I, I used to try to be involved in those forums, you know, when, uh, when I was just kind of getting into the whole APP worker kind of sphere, you know, being on committees. And before I was even on the board, I was like, all right, I want to, I want to help out. I want to get in these forums. I want to answer questions. And I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't do it because it wasn't, and I'm, I'm not saying it's like a hierarchy kind of thing, but if somebody asks a question, it's not somebody with 15 or 20 years of experience answering it. Sometimes it's people with 15 or 20 months of experience and they're just like, oh yeah, I read this once on Google. And it's like, you know what? No, that's, that's, that's not correct actually because of this, this thing that like we tried five years ago and it totally, it was disproven and da 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 da. And, and people don't really... I don't know, verify things. It's kind of like when, when Facebook had all those like fake posts around the presidential election and now they have like the fact checker stuff. There is no fact checker stuff for piercing information. So when people read something in a thread, they read it as gospel. You know, it's like, oh, well, this person said, that person said, and then that's just how they base the whole rest of their, their career around it. And it's so frustrating because a lot of times the people giving that information are inaccurate, you know, and uh, I don't want to chime into something and then have 10 people post on there trying to impress me or trying to talk over me or something and, and be like, oh, well, actually, I, I do this. And it's like, well, cool. But, you know, have you ever researched and realized that you shouldn't do that because of this reason? And none of that happens in forums. It's just somebody trying to be really loud to get attention. And then everybody else just kind of incorporates that into their piercing style, unfortunately. Totally. And it's not like you have, you know, any way of knowing 
who has that legitimate background and who doesn't on forums. It's not like everyone has, you know, their information and all of their background and all of their training posted. And at the end of the day, when you go to look someone up, like we mentioned earlier, it's about a cool kid's club. If you see a lot of gold on their Instagram, you're like, wow, this is a really cool piercer and I want to listen to what they have to say. And that kind of happens regardless of how long they've actually been piercing for, how much experience they actually have, or if they're even working with that stuff correctly. Um, and I think it's really sad. And I think a lot, I see a lot of people trying to use forums as a replacement for education and training and then trying to use, you know, seminars or a class at conference as a replacement. And that's rough. You know, I mean, I can't count the number of posts I see online about how to do a PA or how to do, you know, any kind of genital work. And I'm just like, if you have to ask some of these questions on the Internet, maybe you shouldn't be piercing genitals. Right. Right. I, I remember there's there's kind of there's kind of two sides to it, though. You know, like I remember when I when I was younger in my career and I wanted to do something new, uh, you know, I would I would try to get whatever information I could. If I could watch one. Awesome. If I could talk to someone who's done one. Awesome. But then there were some times where I just had to kind of, you know, fall back on on whatever skill I had at the time and say, like, OK, well, I'm going to try this new thing. Now, though, I think it's it's so much worse than that because people could very easily just say, all right, uh, I've never done a PA before. Um, can I find someone who's cool letting me watch them do a PA? Or can I, here's a crazy thing for a piercer, can I go and get my PA done by someone else? You know, like I think a lot of times piercers, they want to do all this stuff, but they don't really want to get it. You know, I, I, I remember doing a whole bunch of practice piercings on myself before I would do them on other people. And that, that's definitely like a lost aspect of piercing. Like body piercers don't really get piercings anymore. They just get a place to stick more jewelry. So it's like if they already have a couple of piercings on their face that they can like upgrade with body vision stuff, then that's it. They don't get like, you know, the 10 ridiculous piercings that they'll just wear for like two weeks and take out just for practice, just to see how it heals, all that stuff. Nobody really does that stuff as frequently anymore. Uh, I would love to see those people rather than asking the question like, hey, how do I do a PA? Say like, hey, who wants to do my PA or can I go shadow someone to do a PA so I understand it? Or can I maybe get into a shop that can actually mentor me and teach me the fundamentals of how I would do a PA on my own? Exactly. And man, uh, you just get so much further with that one-on-one -on -one mentorship. And that's something that I really wish more people realize is that no one is going to look down on you for saying you need the help or saying you need the growth. And most folks, if anything, are going to be excited that you reached out in the right manner and that you want to do things the right way. Um, again, I remember early out, in my career, when I realized I wasn't doing things very well, and I reached out to AJ and Luis, and I was like, do whatever piercings you want to do on me, just can I take a video while you're doing them? Or can we talk technique while you're doing them? And I got a bunch of stuff that I don't wear anymore. But I still have those videos. And I can still look back on them even today, years later and be like, right, this is how Luis did that transfer. Cool. This is what AJ was thinking when he did that marking. And that type of one-on-one -on -one experience and also experiencing it from the client side with the knowledge of the piercer to feel how smooth someone's transfer is, to feel some of these theories and these concepts in practice. That's education that you can't ever get online or even just in a class or just listening to something. Yeah, yeah. 
there are, there are a lot of different aspects of, of learning in this industry that are kind of starting to to trickle away and I really don't want to see it turn into like an all digital thing because you know sooner or later somebody that wants to cash in is going to make some sort of an online course like I'm gonna teach you everything you need to know quote unquote in a video that you can watch behind a pay barrier or something like that and I think that's gonna be a really dangerous phase because you know for the last two years or so I've been I've been traveling a lot and I've been doing a lot of seminars and I just I ask a really simple thing like you know it's open to any professional piercer of any skill level you know so I don't want to say all right you know you have to be piercing for X amount of years before you can come to this class because I've met piercers who are 10 years in who have still you know never never understood how to do you know a surface piercing or you know they're constantly you know trashing themselves about their septum technique or something like that so I want to be able to let any professional piercer in but I've definitely had people message me and say oh you know I would like to get into piercing can I come to your class like I I've never done this before I, I want to take your class as the starter and I have to say well no like there's so much foundation that you, that you need to have and I'm not saying you need to be a piercing expert to come to a seminar but you need to understand like you know when to wash your hands when to change your gloves uh, just the the little baby step stuff because I'm gonna be talking about like one specific technique you know how to apply bevel theory for a surface piercing or how to how to do this one specific thing I'm not gonna teach you the fundamentals of like this is how you operate your sterilizer like you need to have that kind of information and when people try to skirt around the fundamentals and just get to the end user stuff like it's great that people like Brian Skelly or Luis Garcia put information online but you have to understand that they're piercers with so much experience like 20 plus years of experience you can't expect to just get to that that level overnight because you don't understand the 20 years of work that they put into it to make it look that smooth and look that easy uh, you you need someone to show you like this is how you hold the needle you know this is how you clean the skin for for this amount of time and, and all those different things and it, it it is slowly starting to trickle away and when piercers don't have that fundamental information and they want to try to reach that next level they don't say like well where can I get the fundamentals they want to say like where can I get the flashy stuff and I just want people to kind of step back a little bit and think like you will be a much stronger piercer if you work on your fundamentals before your flash Totally. And that brings up, you know, a really interesting point. I mean, you wouldn't, you know, someone with no experience whatsoever can't take your seminars or can't access a lot of these classes at conference or can't do these different things in the, in, within the industry. But what do we do when there are people who are piercing in studios, who are billed as a head piercer, a solo piercer, who also still don't have that information and still don't have that training um, and they're operating from that level and I feel like we're seeing more and more of that because so much is readily available on the internet um, and it's tough I watched a really interesting thing happen in my time at a motto down in Florida where I watched um, Margot she's at piercings by Margot on Instagram she's fantastic she was the apprentice at the studio while I'm there she's a junior piercer now I watched her come up for a year the same time another girl who came to us for an apprenticeship and didn't get it also decided to pursue piercing elsewhere. And um, I watched what one year of experience with a mentor versus without a mentor after the first month will do to someone. And 
it's tough, man. I mean, Margo's phenomenal, a good mentor, and she's doing amazing piercings, consistent septums, you know, genital work, working with high-end jewelry, a deep, comprehensive understanding of everything. And then we're having clients come in with two-inch long barbells and nipple piercings from someone who's been piercing the same length of time as Margo has. Well, it's going to swell. <laughs> I wish I was making that up, but I'm not. And, uh, you know, you can go to conference, you can read things on the internet, you can, you know, shadow whenever you get the opportunity to, but without someone there over your shoulder the whole time, you're really kind of setting yourself up for failure, which sucks because in 2019, there's such a shortage of good piercers and good studios are looking to hire so across the board and so many places would be willing to take someone with a year or two of experience who needed you know six to nine months of retraining or reworking it would be such a phenomenal experience to just humble yourself for those six months or those nine months and say hey i'll you know take a step back from piercing and maybe budget and just be counter for a little bit to learn how to do it the right way because you can get so much more out of you know I'm guesting and traveling I'm just in these places for a week and I'm learning so much in a week from everyone who pierces there about everything than I ever could alone by myself in a studio reading things on the internet and hoping I'm putting them into practice right when a client walks in the door yeah yeah I I think when people when people don't have the fundamental information, they don't know when to say no. And I'm not talking about like, okay, you don't have the anatomy for a lower navel piercing. I don't mean that kind of saying no. I, I think it's that, you know, when we all have those clients that decide like, oh, I'm going to be a, a piercer now. Uh, and then if you ever get to see like their interpretation of it, they they copy things and when they when you copy something and you don't understand like why it's a and not b uh, and you just kind of fill in the blanks that's when like the really bad stuff happens you know so that's when piercers are using like paper towels instead of a dental bib or a drape you know that's when they're uh, they're not sterilizing jewelry they're just putting it in a package in storage so it looks like it's been sterilized you know or you know they're just buying one giant bottle of iodine and like dumping that onto some like some cotton balls and they're using that to prep the skin like it it looks similar to what someone with experience is doing but they don't really understand why okay well no you want a single use iodine swab you know okay no you want a sterile drape here uh, you you got to understand gloves, you know, it's not the same kind of gloves you use to dye your hair, you know, it's it's different exam gloves, all those different things. And piercers have to kind of get over that inferiority complex, whatever is stopping them from, from asking those questions or seeking out the information. I, I know that in a perfect world, everybody could get all the information they want. They could just walk into any shop and they could get mentoring and they could shadow or they could have a million dollars to fly around the world and go to all these different piercing studios. I know that that's not reality, but sometimes you have to just step back and you have to honestly say like, do I have the information I want? No? Okay, where can I get the information and where can I get the right version of the information? Not like the cheat sheet, not like the the crib notes or anything like that. You know, like where can I actually get the information? If I can't get it in my studio, is there somewhere I can go? You know, is it conference? Is it trying to shadow? Is it trying to do something outside of my own shop? And I think piercers, they just, they either feel self-conscious about asking for help or they feel kind of maybe pressured by someone else in their own studio where they, they're not allowed to have access to the information they need. Which is tough. 
and you know all all we can do as far as piercers being scared is you know you can put out podcasts like this and people can put out videos and post online and make themselves open but it's tough when you're in a studio and you're limited as far as what you can do and what you can access i dealt with that in my first shop and while the hardest decision was leaving which was scary and unknown and difficult it uh I also never would have been able to learn and grow if I didn't leave that first shop. And if I didn't say, well, I, you know, I got to go to conference. I got to go shadow these people. I got to go talk to these people. And that's scary. And it's not always financially feasible for a lot of folks. And I get that, but it's important, especially because at the end of the day, it's the clients who experience all of this. You know, you can Mm -hmm. realize you're making a really egregious mistake with sterilization or with jewelry and, you know, make plans to shadow and make plans to make changes. But at the end of the day, if it takes you, you know, four or five months to get out there and shadow or till conference rolls around or till you can see someone, what about all those clients you've worked on for the past four or five months with improper skin prep or non-sterile jewelry? Right. Right. I think something else, and I I wouldn't say it's a problem, but I think sometimes when piercers get out in shadow, uh, they, again, they want like the flashiest information. So uh, when when piercers come in in shadow, I want to give them access to essentially everything in the shop. I mean, limitations. Obviously, I'm not going to be bringing them into the office and walking them through like, you know, my my banking or anything like that. But uh, I want to make sure that the first thing I start them with when it comes to like a shop tour is the sterilization room, you know, because sometimes piercers come in and, uh, you know, if it's a slow day, I'll say, Hey, do you have any questions? Is there anything you want to work on? If it's a busy day, they're just trying to like watch and keep up and, and stay out of the way, honestly. But, uh, if we have an opportunity to actually talk, I want to let them know like, Hey, do you want to talk about autoclave maintenance? Do you want to talk about tool reprocessing do you do you want to talk about storage and and you know different management ideas for like jewelry orders like that stuff is really important too don't just like ask okay how do i do a triangle how do i do a septum how do i how do i do this how do i do that uh, there's a lot of other information that can that can go into a successful shop. It's not always just about the flashy stuff. Like you have to pay attention to the information that's boring, the information that's not sexy, because that's where you get like that's where you turn the page from proficient piercer to good piercer is having all that information, almost like that human encyclopedia kind of thing, where it's like you know jewelry material, you know sterilization, you know all these different aspects of it. And uh, I, I don't think a lot of piercers are working on that stuff. I think they're working on the, the sexy stuff first and then kind of working their way backwards. Hey, you know, a septum with a bunch of misaligned gold seam rings does way better on Instagram than a passport test. Oh, um, yeah. I don't think anyone's trying to argue that. But no, you're so right. And it's it's the foundation. And if that foundation's not there, you can use whatever door you want. You're going to still not get the results. You're going to still see people coming back with issues. You're going to still not understand why stuff's going wrong. And the saddest part is at the end of the day, it's the client that suffers from that. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many piercers follow you on Instagram or, or like your stuff. They're not coming in and paying your bills. They're not coming in and spending money with you. And at the end of the day, quite frankly, they're not why we're doing this. We're doing this for the people that come in the door every day and trust us with their, their bodies and trust us to give them a great experience and do a good job for them and give them a successful piercing. And I think that really falls behind the wayside and whenever I see the client brought up these days it's a lot of times in a self-righteous manner trying to correct someone 
we're doing something wrong. But no one's, you know, I don't often see people sitting here and being like, but dude, what about the client if you're doing this this way or if you're carrying this? And that's really unfortunate. And so many folks, I think, just care about improving how they look online or to other piercers that the person who really matters the most in all of this kind of gets forgotten. Right, right. You know, like customer service is an important part of it. So when when people want to come in and, and shadow in my studio, shadowing means you're going to be kind of stuck right next to me for the whole day, and you're going to see a little bit of everything. It's I really wouldn't want someone to come in and just watch me push a needle, install some jewelry. I wouldn't want them to see that. I want them to see how we talk to our clients, how we how we manage our clients, uh, like the flow that we do when it comes to choosing jewelry and then taking that jewelry and putting it in the statum. You know, not that you have to use a statum to be a good piercer. I know you can use use you know regular front load autoclaves too in packages, but I like them to see the whole thing about like, okay, this is how we this is how we do this stuff and this is how we take care of the person, but this is how we also interact with them and talk to them and make them feel comfortable and at ease. And then yeah, there's this moment where there's a needle and there's some jewelry, but there's so much more to it that goes into a, a good process and a good procedure. When people come into shadow, I kind of I kind of let them pace it based on their questions. So, you know, if they're asking Okay, well, you know, I've never used uh, threadless jewelry before. How do you use threadless jewelry? You know, I'm I'm not going to be talking about all these super crazy advanced piercings or something like that. You know, I'm going to bring it down to the fundamentals and I'm going to be like, "Okay, well, you know, here's how you transfer it. You know, have you ever done internal thread? It's pretty similar to a transfer on that." And, "Oh, you haven't done internal thread? Okay, well, check this out." And, you know, this is what you can do with needles to make it a little bit easier or transfer pins or tapers or all this different stuff where I, I want them to get information for their level so that when they go home, they're going to be a stronger piercer for it. It would be such a waste of someone's time if they don't know how to use uh, X, Y, or Z if I'm just showing them that and only that because then they're going to go home and again try to like fill in the blanks, maybe order some of that stuff and use that stuff and they're not going to be able to apply it. They're going to end up hurting a client. They're not going to attach the jewelry, close a ring the right way, something like that, and the, the piercing is going to get scarred up, you know, so it's it's tough because you want to you do want to support people you do want to mentor people and give them information but you don't want to over teach them at the same time no because that's how you know that's how the focus becomes on the wrong things um, which is a shame because I think that's a lot of the conversations that happen online these days and even a lot of the focus, you know, every, you know, every year conference rolls around and people are so excited for the gold classes and the advanced technique classes. And while the, you know, sterilization and safety courses are still a um, must, that's not what you see folks getting excited about. Um, and that sucks. And I wish we knew somehow how to bring back that excitement about the back end and the foundation and ordering and managing jewelry, keeping up with stock, basic sterilization techniques, skin prep, and what we choose to use and what works for us, you know, and making that the focus much more so than how do I sell all these diamonds or how do I put all these little gold rings in an ear? Because at the end of the day, once you have that foundation, You'll, you'll get there, you know, having those basics and being able to communicate that to your clients will give them the trust to buy all that stuff from you naturally and let you do those cool things. But if you don't have that baseline to get the clients to trust you, your however much gold you want to stock is 
kind of going to be useless up front if you're not installing it the right way and you're not getting people to trust you to do those fun stuff and that fun project. And I think that's a lot of what people miss is so much of building that with your clients and building that online is because you have that foundation that people really trust about you. I think that's so awesome that you focus on that stuff more with shadowing. And I, I wish so many more folks felt comfortable reaching out to shadow or guests with folks local to them and being able to say, hey, let's just talk about the basics here. Um, that's kind of what's the most important right right you know and, and when i when i teach I my teach seminars um i can pack a room if it's like a sexy subject you know if it's bevel theory or something like that I, I can get 30 or 40 people to come to that class but if i made a class on like safe practices or something like that I, i'd get like three people or something and, and i'm not saying that it's like you know everybody should rush out there and and you know pay for a class like that if you're if you've been piercing for a long time i'm going to trust that you have that fu that fundamental knowledge already but what i've been doing now with my my seminars is if i go back to a, a if i go to a city for the first time i usually do my full day bevel theory class so that i can really lay down the fundamentals of like this is how you actually use a needle and minimize trauma blah 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 and then if i go back to a city for a second time then it'll be more like kind of dialed in, you know, like septum techniques or doth techniques or something like that. But with those classes, I really want people to get some safety information too. So now what I've been doing is it's a mandatory class on anatomy and then I'll teach you some like sexier stuff, you know, so it'll be anatomy and then it'll be nipple piercings and septum piercings or something like that. But I, I want people to get that information because, you know, I, I teach every year at the APP conference. I teach the safe practices classes and every year there are always people putting their hands up or scratching their heads or looking confused over things that I would consider to be reasonably basic fundamentals. You know, when do you change your gloves? Uh, the importance of hand washing, stuff like that. The disinfectant, how long does your disinfectant need to, to actually kill the, the germs on your surface area? And uh, a lot of times people with like 10 years experience don't don't know that kind of stuff you know and i think it might have just been because they they kind of skipped over it because they didn't really see it as much of a priority uh and i i think that you know if, if i'm seen as like a, a piercer that kind of knows what they're doing um i didn't for a long time and it's because i didn't understand why i was doing the things i was doing and then when i i really stepped back and i started to go down the hole of like picking apart things and understanding like this is why I want this kind of sterilizer or that kind of jewelry. I'm a much stronger piercer for it and I can apply those things and I can actually do much better piercings that, that heal much better and get more clientele that are buying more jewelry. Like all those things are, are connected. I totally agree. And I love that you teach more about anatomy and stuff in your classes, which brings up another really interesting point for folks who open themselves up to shadowing or for classes at conference or for things like that, you know, do we feel that there should be something like that in each of them where there's a little thing at the beginning that's like, Hey, by the way, like, here's this little refresher. Here's like some basic information that you should have before we just jump into this topic. Or do we assume that if you're attending the class, you probably already have that and we don't need to cover it. Um, I don't necessarily think that it's on the instructors or the people who put out these work or put out these projects to have to do this. But I think if we know in our industry that that's really something that's lacking that needs to be improved on, you know, is this something that we should focus on more heavily? And is this something that folks who want to open themselves up for shadowing 
coaching or for teaching, is this something that they should be addressing um, or should be trying to work on or incorporate more if they know folks with probably a lack in those foundation materials are going to be coming out to their classes and taking them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I think, I think you kind of have to make the industry that you want at a certain point. And, um, you know, I, I know piercers, they're, they're busy running their shops or, you know, dealing with their family or whatever stresses you have. But I think you really have to make the industry that you want for the next generation of, of piercers. And I, I think you can kind of see that with a lot of the people that are like inside that APP bubble. I, I think you'll find a lot more of those piercers and shops saying like, hey, I, I'm open to shadowing or hey, like I, I, I know this piercer online that seems like they're struggling. I want to actually talk to them on the phone and invite them out to my shop or try to help them get a scholarship or things like that. And you really have to kind of like put that hand out and extend it. So if you're, if you're a piercer who has had those awesome opportunities, um, who has had that awesome access or whatever, I think it's really your responsibility to share what you know. Um, and you know, it's not like you necessarily have to, uh, do everything for, for free or something like that. You know, like you can do private stuff if you want, you can, you can do classes, um, you can just offer stuff to people that are your staff members or something like that, but you still you still need to give opportunities and pass on what you learn because then there's going to be this weird thing where you have these piercers with 20 years experience and then uh, everybody else kind of struggling to catch up to that. And if you're not sharing the information, a lot of it's just going to die and go away as uh, instructors retire, as shops close as piercers move on to other opportunities, a lot of that information can, can get lost and it's really important to, to share what you know. So, you know, things like anatomy, I've been lucky enough to have taken some great anatomy classes from some great instructors. It's taken a complicated subject and boiled it down into something that's a little bit more easy to understand. And like, I would really like to pass on that information to other body piercers and explain like, you know, Hey, okay, do you, do you understand what the lymphatic system is? Do you want to understand what the lymphatic system is and how it relates to healing and this and that? Uh, I think what I want to start doing is maybe offer, uh, you know, cause I, I do a lot of paid seminars. I was thinking about maybe trying to offer like, uh, like a free seminar at my studio, like maybe like once every quarter, but have it just be a health and safety thing. So I don't have to worry about trying to pay for a venue or, you know, give a cut to a promoter or whatever I'm, I'm worried about when it comes to like, you know, for-profit classes. Um, but just do something for safety, you know, come to my shop on a Sunday, bring a pizza if you want, hang out, and then let's talk about some nerd thing. I'll talk about sterilization for a couple hours or something like that. And just make it open to anybody that wants to show up. I think that's awesome. And I totally feel like the industry could benefit from more of that um, and more folks being willing to just open up and talk about the basics. And there's some states and some cities that are doing things great where they have regular piercer meetups and they, you know, talk about, you know, different fundamentals or different topics each week or each month. You know, Florida does a really nice one monthly when they can. I know a couple of other areas do. Um, but it's so important and just to be welcoming and inviting especially to the people who know the least and aren't in the cool kids club and aren't using the right stuff because they're the people who need it the most and you know for all you know there could be the next great potential someone in there that just needs the right leadership or the right direction or the right push um and how awesome would it be if you were the person to provide that for someone so i also think too a lot more studios being down to to open their doors and to 
focus on basics and fundamentals and willing to reach out and help is really important because you're right. you got to be the change you want to see. And so much of it is, well, we'll post on the internet or we'll talk about it online. But how many people, you know, like you said, get on the phone and talk with someone in a way that's much more personable and sometimes more palatable if the feedback you're giving someone is not the best. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of work that, that everybody has to do. We're in this kind of weird pocket where the industry was, was very closed off. It was like, okay, we're going to hire someone. We're going to train them in our studio. They're going to work in our studio. And that's, that's really all, all, all our focus is going to be on. And now we have this kind of like giant world at our fingertips with technology. And sometimes like, you know, you're getting the information that you want. It's like, uh, it's like, piercer pornography almost it's like you can see all the fanciest jewelry and all the fanciest piercings and all that stuff and you think that you have to kind of match that to to be at that level um but you know think about all the information that makes those piercers good piercers you know think about the things that they had to learn and they had to work on uh and you know talk to them you know it doesn't just have to be like hitting that heart button on instagram you know Uh, send them a message and be like hey i really like this piercing uh, what went into that? You know, why did you choose that location? Or, you know, was this healed and then you upgraded the jewelry or this or that? You know, like people like Luis Garcia, I really like it when he posts something because he'll give information and he'll say, uh, yeah, this was like a really awesome ear project that I did, but it took 18 months. It was custom ordered jewelry. I started it with something different. This was hand bent to fit their anatomy and this, this and that and whatever, and talks about all the things that go into it instead of just making people think like, oh, I pierced them with that jewelry and then it healed perfect. Uh, you know, you really want to think about all the steps that go into success and you want to learn those steps so that you can be successful. I totally agree. I wish more people posted stuff like that. And I love what he does with that. Um, it makes me want to try and do more of that myself to also be like, Hey, there's a a Frank reality here that it's not always going to look that way. I think you do a lot of that too. Um, when you post a lot of your more in-depth projects and that's super rad. And I wish more folks realized that they could reach out and that you could message these people. And then a lot of folks aren't scary that they will be really nice and really receptive and really understanding because they do genuinely want to see this industry grow and be better and don't let you know one or two negative interactions keep you down or stop you because there's less of that but that's still there but the great people in this industry who are willing to teach and explain are are, they far outnumber the folks who aren't always the most receptive yeah yeah but you know, hopefully, piercers will kind of see that uh, you know the the stronger piercers are strong because they they put the work in. You know, so put the work in yourself, and then you'll be that that strong piercer, and success will come with that. Uh, but there is a lot of hard work that that goes into it. Yeah, you can't build a house without a good foundation. Right, right. I I love using analogies like that because sometimes if I just say like, well, you need to understand this about you know statums and sport tests and blah, blah. sometimes people just give me this blank stare and I'm just like, all right, uh, you need to, you need to have the right tools in your toolbox. How's that for, and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, all right, I start to get it. So, um, I think, I think the piercing industry is the strongest it's ever been. I think it's only going to get stronger, but I think as it gets larger and as it gets more diverse, I think we have to put in more work to, to maintain it and not, not less work. So I think just everybody listening, uh, you know, if you're not where you want to be yet, uh, work hard to get there and you know maybe look outside of your own studio uh, outside of your own experience and definitely look outside of the internet please look outside of the internet totally reach out to folks close to you you know hit folks 
up for shadowing. Don't be afraid to be humble and say, Hey, I don't know this and, and that's okay. And I'm just looking for someone to help me be better and, you know, take critique with grace and you'll, you'll grow and learn so much if you're open to what everyone has to teach. It's also very disarming if you just like, you don't have to like be self-deprecating or anything like that, but just be honest with it. Like when I go and talk to other piercers, sometimes they'll do some awesome thing that I can't do. And I'll just tell them that I'll be like, that's awesome. Like walk me through your thing. You know, like I, I had a piercer. I just did an episode with him uh, named Hawaii from Malaysia. And, uh, he was coming to my shop to, to shadow after conference and he was all nervous and all that. And then we started talking about needle bending and then he was like, oh yeah. And then I do this S bend and I've, I've never done that or, and felt comfortable with it. So I was like, oh, you know, show me how you do it. And then he showed me this S bend and I was like, that makes so much more sense than the way that I did it. So, but we had that interaction where I was honest and I was like, I don't know how to do that thing that you do. Show me how to do that thing. And now I know how to do that thing, you know? So um, try to just break down that barrier of cockiness too and realize that there is no one that knows it all. And like even Brian Skelly, I'm sure there are some things that he doesn't know. You know, Elaine Angel and Paul King and Luis Garcia, all these piercers that you look up to as like, you know, the ultimate pinnacle of body piercing, they still have questions. They still talk to people about like, hey, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? And that's why they're so strong of a piercer because they're they're humble enough to admit when they don't know it all. That's absolutely what makes you strong. The second you do think you know everything there is to know about piercing, you can't learn anymore, is I think when you need to step back and say, I got to reevaluate. Because the only thing I do know is that I don't know everything. Right, right. Yeah, accurate. Uh, okay, so I feel like that's a pretty good place to wrap it up. Is there anything else you wanted to hit on? No, I think that kind of covered everything. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, one more time for the people listening. What's your social media? Where are you piercing at now? And do you have any other uh, plans for guest spots coming up? I am at Lynn Lohide or lynnlohide.com, so I'm super easy to find. I am about to head out on a nice, slightly chilly, for me, Oregon day here at High Priestess, their Salem location. And in a couple of days, you will be able to catch me at Kitten Flower in Michigan. And then I'm off to Native Rituals at and modern ritual with a little bit of diamond heart in between so folks can catch me all over the place and if you're in any of those areas while i'm there please message me um come get food talk technique hang out i would love to meet anyone and keep sharing all the awesome knowledge we talked about today awesome all right well thanks for coming on the show lynn i appreciate it thanks it was awesome I haven't done a lot of guest spots, admittedly. You know, I'm a, I'm a studio owner. I don't really need to do a, a guest spot as part of my career, but uh, I have done it uh, as part of traveling. You know, Pinpoint in Oslo, Norway was just a really, really good experience for me. You know, just being able to see top-level piercers and, and what they're doing and, and the way they do it uh, influenced me a lot, and I, I took a lot of the, the best information from that shop and incorporated it into to my shop to make it stronger. So I, I definitely see the appeal. Uh, you know, if you're one of those piercers and you're kind of on the fence and you're thinking, all right, I've got some experience, but how do I break through to that that next level? Guest spotting might be it. So, you know, maybe uh, reach out if you have uh, piercer friends that you're talking to in different parts of the country. Ask, like, you know, do you have any vacations coming up? Do you need some coverage? You know, uh, do you need a little help for a couple of days or a week or two or something like that? And I know so many piercers 
that have been enriched by that. So uh, if you think it is possible for you, if you think that it is something you're, you're capable of doing, uh, getting out and seeing different parts of the country or maybe other countries, who knows, um, try to do it while you can, because sooner or later, we're all going to get kind of tied down, put down some roots somewhere, families, careers, whatever it is. Uh, so if you have the opportunity to do it now, do it now. Uh, it's definitely fulfilling uh, as a body piercer. Uh, but again, you know, don't ignore uh, foundational information, things like that. So if you're out and you're in different shops, you know, try to take as much learning in as, as you can. Uh, it's not just about uh, doing the piercings. It's a, a lot of different things go into the shop to make it successful. A lot of different logistics. Talk to the studio managers. Talk to the counter staff. Learn as much as you can from everyone that you interact with, especially when you're out of your own shop environment. So uh, I'm going to be heading off to, uh, well, lots of seminars, uh, eight, uh, eight days, I'm doing four classes. Uh, so I'm going to be pretty tired when I get back, I'd imagine, but I'm going to try to grab some good stuff for you while I'm on the road. So keep on coming back to the show and I'll keep putting out some stuff for you to listen to. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.